It's time to talk football. It's time to talk Dons. North Sound 1, Red Review. Hello and welcome to another Red Review. I'm Alan Davidson, joined as always by Dave Galloway and this week by our special guest, Derek Young. And Dave, hardly convincing on Saturday, but... Three points is three points, isn't it? Yeah. 1-0 um, going on three or four against Hamilton. Wasn't a great performance by any stretch of the imagination, but it was simply job done for Derek McInnes's man. Yeah, Derek, I think heading, heading into the AGM, I think it was it was getting the win was crucial, wasn't it? Save some awkward questions. Uh, uh, definitely, but I think it's, it's three points in the board, and I, I think with the, the injuries that the managers had and, I mean, stop, start picking our teams and boys missing for whatever reason, it's... Uh, at this stage of the season, it's it's getting the three points on the board and the game's come thick and fast at this time of the year, so collecting points is the main thing. Yeah, I think like Derek says, Dave, we, what we touched on last week, it's that kind of lack of consistency in the team can't be helping at the moment. No, no, absolutely. But listen, I would be quite happy if Aberdeen went on a run of unconvincing 1-0 victories because a victory is a victory. Um, incredibly, the usual suspects... Still on Twitter, saying McInnes out. I don't know what these guys want, really. I mean, Derek's not beyond criticism. He would be honest enough to hold his hands up and admit that. But overall, he's done a fantastic job. And and you know, to call for the manager to go after victory, you know, you know, get get a get a grip of reality, guys. Eh? Yeah. Well, and again, another Sam Cosgrove goal. I think it'd be a very different season without him, wouldn't it? It would be. He's, he's just, it's, it's hard as well because you, you know what it was like at the start. And the manager did say it's somebody that we've not spent a lot of money on. It's not, it wasn't getting massive wages, so it was worth a gamble. Uh, and at this moment in time, now it, it looks like a fantastic gamble. That he's, he's uh, not many his performances have shown that he's listened to the manager. He's went ahead and put in performances. Yeah, he's all-round game might not be exactly what you're looking for, um, but you don't need to ask him twice to, to finish a chance, and that's what very, very good strikers do. Um, let me just look at Adam Rooney, who I thought, I mean, as soon as the ball went into the box, whether it was headers, volleys, um, sniffing out chances, chances that weren't even really there, um, he's, in, he, he's in that mould, and that's what... That's what uh, and, Every team needs it, and that's why he's getting a lot of speculation about maybe getting back down to England. Yeah, well, Dave, I think it was mentioned last night at the AGM, no offers as yet for him, but would you expect him to still be here at the end of January? I would hope, um, I, I think hope and expect are two entirely different things. I, I can only hope that the likes of Big Sam and uh, Big Scott McKenna are still at Pitaudry, but, you know, money, money, money does talk. Um as for the game at the weekend, I was really impressed with Sam Cosgrove. He maybe didn't have a, a, a vintage game, but as all good strikers do, you know they'll they'll miss chances. They'll maybe have a wee um, rough patch, if you like, where they go a couple of games without scoring, but they keep producing the chances. And despite the fact they pass up the chances, uh, chances they've got the self belief and the confidence to come back for more. And that's exactly what Big Sam uh, did. And he did take his chance, um, you know, very, very well indeed. Brilliant cross from from Niall and a great finish at the back post by uh, Big Sam, who'd got into a great position. As for the game itself, well, you know, let's let's get Derek McInnes's uh, thoughts on the victory. We were striving at half time, and 
uh, asking really for a bit more quality. It's a great crossfield pass from Wilson. McGinn stands up the fullback and Cosgrove pulls on to McMahon, the left back, and a lovely finish for Sam from Niles Cross. And I think from then on in, well, we didn't, we never ever blew Hamilton away after that, but I thought, uh, I think if we watched the game back, we were very still and much in charge of the game. And it was three points, it was well deserved. It wasn't easy. I would like to have took, scored more goals, I'd like to have to be a bit more convincing, but. You know, well, it's only one, the opposition will keep going, and I thought that uh, the clean sheet, the three points, the goal for Cosgrove, the, the reappearance of Finso Ojo, was plenty of positives for my team today. Yeah, I think, just touch on quickly, now again making his 300th appearance for the Dons, Dave. Yeah, and, and you know, he, he delivered, as we've already touched upon, he delivered a, a, a great cross to the back post for uh, Cosgrove to finish off. Um, maybe didn't have his... Uh, very best game for Aberdeen, but you know he's provided so much ammunition for the Dons over those uh, three hundred games, and you know a real a real fans' favourite, and obviously the source of one of our favourite football songs that mentions making Ronaldo look like something that's not very good. <laughs> yeah, I cleaned that one up well. Yeah, you did, you did, Dave. Well done. And then I think just back on to Niall, I think over over those three hundred games. Going from kind of the centre forward under Brown to, to to now back to back out onto the wing and really adaptable. I sure think the quality he's got, isn't it? He's a, he's just a fantastic football player. Um, like you said, when he came in, he was a striker. Um, but Derek's seen different things on him, and he, he's been it in the left, he's been it in the right, he's been in the number ten role. But every time he's done it, he's he's been on and, and I mean made something happen. Uh, I mean my. One of my probably one of his favourite goals as well was the, the semi final against Hearts, where he'd absolutely destroy somebody in the wing. Great wee bit of skill, then he comes inside and, um, and finishes. Um, and I mean, it's, that, that's what he's got. He's got trickery. Um, he's, he's maybe not as fast as he was. He, he probably knows that. Um, and it's now a case of when he's out in the wing, he, he just needs to shift the ball and, and get it in the box. And if he's got a target man like Big Sam, who's in the form he is. Um, He's got somebody to hit. He's got a bit of. He's got runners off on Big Sam. Balls coming into the box, so it's it's set up for now. Like I said, drift about the pitch and got on the ball, and that's probably what the manager asks him to do. Um, like I said, he's, he's he's no daft. He's not as young as he used to be. He catches up with a lot of us. Um, but a, a fantastic footballer, um, and he's we, we, we definitely get a, a, the best out. Absolutely difficult. I think we've got so much to cover on oh, yes. this week's show. Let's quickly wrap up the predictor. See how we got on this week. I think I did okay, actually. It is. A... I did okay. Um, I did more than well by my standards. I did very well indeed. Um, okay. Um, well, let's start with with Aberdeen. Then, of course, they won one 0 against Hamilton. I I put three 0 Derek put three uh, 0 uh, but we we got the general outcome right. It should have been three 0 It should have been. It should have been. Should have been three or four. But you know, I'll take a one nil and a less than convincing performance over. You know, we played great football, but we still got beaten. You know, I'll take that any day of the week. Back to that League Cup final again. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Indeed. Right. <sighs> <laughs> on, on to the other games before we get ourselves in trouble, Dave. I don't want to get depressed now. Hearts, Hearts at home to St Johnston. Daniel Stendhal's first game in charge. To me, that was a surprise. I went for 2-0 for Hearts. I thought there would be the new manager bounce that you so often get. Derek went for 1-1 and Tommy Wright's men won 
Uh, 1-0, I mean... I've praised Tommy Wright's managerial ability many times on this podcast and also on uh, Red Friday, but you know it just just goes to show what a what a great job he's doing, and you know they are very much for me in a false position at the the bottom of the Premiership. But they need to go and prove this. They need to show consistency, or they won't get away from the the foot of the table. No, that's right. and I think I don't know if you heard Daniel Sandler's post match comments, Derek. Already one one game in. This this is going to be a tougher job than I thought. Yeah, that's. I mean, the reason that I, I I went for the one one myself was when I watched Hearts, they've looked defensively all over the place. And although they're maybe saying they're not in a, a good position and they shouldn't be there, you make the same mistakes every week. There's, the teams capitalise on that. It doesn't matter whether you're St Johnson or St Mirren. You know the mistakes that can be had in the other team. You know where the the gaps are, the frailties are. So there's always a chance of them losing a goal so um, that's how I went for a 1-1 a one, one. I did think there would be a bit of a bounce back but for what I'm led to believe Hearts, Hearts were very very bad still Yeah I think it's just quickly I think we, we touched on it earlier in the season Hearts made a lot of signings over the summer and you kind of said the same about all of them in Ken, kind of Walker Naismith uh, Elton Berra was there at the end of last season with all of them you went great signing if they can keep him fit yeah. and fact, Hearts a, seemed a, it's the same with Aberdeen. I mean, we've we've two or three of our main guys that we signed. Haven't yeah. they, we haven't kept fit. They've no, not with their fault, but they've, they've no kicked their own backside for us yet. Hopefully, after Christmas, it's uh, our, our main men that we signed will, will, will kick on. But like you're saying, the, the same things happen for Hearts. But they seem to have a thing where they, they change so many players every year. Um, just just a revolving door and. That's what happens sometimes. It just gets the revolving door gets clogged up. And there's, there's too many people coming and going at the one time. Well, that's, I think we, we all I think we all agree that Stendhal probably needs to make changes to that squad because what what's there at the moment won't be pl- playing his high pressing game. I'm not sure they have the players there to play the way he wants at the moment. No, but it, like, it, it might take him a, a few transfer windows to shift players. But they've, the, the, the the chairman there and Budge has shown that she isn't scared to put. <laughs> put players <laughs> through the door uh, and get other ones shifted out so if it means there's a bit of an overhaul in the next year or two if the boy gets that long you uh, might get dragged into the revolving door <laughs> <laughs> but if they're going to do it they, they, they need to just take their time now and, and, and let this man come in because they, they fought hard enough to get him in the door now they, they need to let him go and do what he needs to do Absolutely and on to Ross County 1-0 home win against Kilmarnock Kilmarnock won't be the first or the last side, should I say, to leave Dingwall with no points this season, Dave? Yeah, no, correct. Uh, I went I went for 2-1 County. Uh, Derek went for uh, 2-1 Kilmarnock. Um, both sides have been a bit up and down, haven't they? I mean, Kilmarnock have had a period of consistency. They were rising rapidly up the, the league table, but they've kind of faltered, haven't they? And Ross County, well, they, they've just been so inconsistent. We've seen the... You know the the good, the bad, and the and the ugly from from them this season. But on the, on the whole, they're you know a well organised side, especially on their own patch, and that appears to have been the case at the weekend. And on to finally the last of Saturday's games: St Mirren Livingston, three each. Did any of us see that one coming, Dave? I don't think so. No, uh, I certainly wouldn't have seen you know a thrilling six-goal uh, classic uh, between St Mirren and Livingston. I think that would have been. Um, you know, a bore draw for for many people. I I went for a score draw, one one. Uh, Derek went for two one 
Livy, but uh, it sounds like it was a, a really good match. Yeah, and I think it's kind of St Mirren have been aside not scoring or conceding many, so I think it was surprising. Uh, uh, the way I was looking at it was it was two teams that maybe need looking at each other and thinking we can get points off of each other here. Uh, I knew there would be goals in it, but I didn't think there would be an avalanche. Um, obviously, it was defences on top for the full game. <laughs> and, uh, but uh, probably a fair result uh, if... For what I'm, I'm led to believe after reading the, the, the match reports. And on to Sunday, Motherwell at home to Rangers. Yeah, uh, Derek went for 2 2. Uh, I went for 2 1 Rangers, but they obviously showed um, a good um, a good response to the the Europa League game. You know, they, we thought. They, there may have been, or some thought there may have been a bit of a hangover, as as there often is from Scottish sides after a European match. But uh, they certainly they 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 delivered the goods. Um, Morelos, though, silly boy, already been booked. It doesn't matter what the rules are. I I I think it's a bit daft that you get booked for celebrating a goal. Uh, but apparently he was, um, you know, gesticulating right in the faces of the the Motherwell fans. They've already been booked. You know the rules. You shouldn't do it. I think it's the way celebrated. I don't think you can go around giving it the get it up you. Yeah. It doesn't matter where you are in the park. If the referee sees you doing that anywhere, you're you're getting booked or you're off of your your mm. next yellow. So I don't I, know what the big fuss uh, is. No. There's no problem with them going over to the fans and celebrating. I don't think that was a problem. Um, I just wish the referee or somebody for the SFA would actually come out and go. Well, yes, everybody knows you don't. Yeah, give, I think it, give it the get up. Yeah, that's um, no, it's just an also. Yeah, everybody that's reporting and having an opinion on this, mm. it's common sense. Uh, just don't do it. Everybody knows. Yeah. I don't yeah. even think in his own country you get away with it. So let's not kid ourselves on. No, but I think it's. I think we've we've had this debate on the show before. It's it's the whole gesturing to opposing supporters, mm. and I'm not I'm not against it. Do you know what I think? Do you know what fans fans are are big enough and ugly enough. They, they spend they spend ninety minutes. Hammer and abuse at somebody. That's just and your own fans. <laughs> <laughs> if it's a get it up, you just know well, that's not. They get it back. But I think I think that. in almost the some some of the kind of Rangers fans on social media were going, Well, he did this then and didn't get booked for it. It's like, no, but that's when it was wrong. Uh-huh. <laughs> it was last time when he got away with it was the mistake. Yeah, it's not the actually it. sending him off this time. That's I mean I, I don't I don't see anything wrong with uh, cupping your hand to your ears. To the opposition fans, no. or, or putting your finger on your mouth, the shh gesture. I mean, well, that's booking. Now got booked for that, at Dundee. Yeah. When, when he when he sent Dundee the, the penalty, well, the, the penalty that sent Dundee down. That to, was the gesture that got now again. To, to be fair, to be fair, Niall, um, I thought is he very brave or very foolish because he went straight over to the the notorious Derry, where all the real hardcore Dundee fans are, and it was before they had barriers put up, and he ran right over, cupping his ears, and then. Went like that, gesticulating with both hands right on the touchline. And there was a big surge of Dundee fans that tried to get at him. And some of them nearly got onto the pitch. So that was maybe a little bit, a little bit rash. A little bit. Yeah, but I think it's it's part of the fun, isn't it? Uh, Listen, uh, I sat and listened to, uh, I think it was Dodgy, Billy Dodge that was speaking about it at the weekend, I'm sure. Um, In fact, no, sorry, it was Neil McCann. And he's saying that he used to get it all the time because he was a wee winger. He was always getting hammered because he was closest to the fans. And when he scored, it was fantastic. He could turn around and back and get back round and give some back, obviously to a degree. And not I mean he's 
and it, it, it does, and I mean, you said it yourself, for 90 minutes, you're getting hammered, and if you turn around and you give a wee cheeky celebration back, then it's, it's fair enough. But see if somebody's going to be stupid enough and be well, that, uh, an idiot to come on the, the, trying to come on the park and climb over, uh, the police deal with it and they stick them in the jail. That's, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's as if the football player, we're trying to do everything possible to stop fans from reacting to stuff, and fans aren't going to just sit there on their hands and... Just mm. let it go. It doesn't matter what game you're at, or it's a junior game or a kids game, and that's just how they react. Yeah. So if players kind of get away with celebrating on a pitch and giving a wee bit back, and let's say that it's not a get up here or, or, or no, that's an that's offensive th- gesture. It's it's more of a ha ha in your face. He's been hammering me for ninety minutes. I've just scored the winner. Yeah, I've nothing nothing wrong with that. Nothing yeah. wrong with that. No, no, but I think like like you say, at the end of the day, whether you agree with the rule or not, it's there and. He's been stupid enough to do it yeah. on a booking. You're always liable to get yourself sent off. And I think we've said in the last couple of weeks, a bit of the old Alfredo Morelos seems to be back. There was the kind of kick at Chris Julian during the final. He's now gone and done something stupid and got himself off, sent yeah. off. There's, there's a, there seems to be a bit of that just keeping back into his game. Uh, but the, the, the game up here, I, I mean, I'm obviously keeping a close eye on him because he's obviously a bomb scare. Um, but he never seemed to be reacting to too much. I think the biggest reaction he had was even shouting at the fans or something uh, late on in the second half but during the game he wasn't putting himself about as much he was staying away folk were trying to I seen big Scott McKenna flinging a barge into him at one point off the ball trying to get a reaction but he never um, but I thought he had a quiet game but I think that's it if because that was, was maybe taken away from if him he's, if he's not playing on the edge and I think best of the game up here I think we we spoke about it it was almost like at half time he'd been told uh-huh. You stay yeah, away from those two big centre half. They're just uh-huh. trying to get you in trouble. Yep. And he was completely ineffective. But so. now <laughs> he's probably thought, but enough of this. I <laughs> may get back to the, <laughs> the old ways. Um, but I th- and, and in general, I, I think he's been fine. He, he's. I mean, I was one of the guys that was probably saying Gerard needs to get rid of him. He's just a liability for a year, year and a half. He was just costing Rangers all sorts of points and. Cup finals, semi-finals. I mean, he's, he's costing them all sorts of stuff. But now he's 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 done them in for a year, year and a half, and now for the next year, he's the golden child again because he's stayed on the park. I mean, he always scored goals. That was nothing new. Um, but Rangers fans have had to put up with a year and a half or a, a year's worth of nonsense to now see the best of him. Yeah, and I think it, it's one of those. It, it's finding that balance, isn't it, between between getting himself sent off and actually being at his best and being in a, a pain for centre-half. Okay, on his game, he's, he's fantastic. He's a machine. He's solid. He wants to run. Works his backside off. I mean, every single teammate will be over the moon when they see he's in the starting eleven. Um, but it's when you're sitting on edge and going, oh, no, is he going to last? And When he goes near somebody and there's four and five players pulling him back and he's not even done anything yet, they're just stopping him for making a reaction. That's, yeah. that's no ideal. But he does seem to have calmed in just a little. And well, on to the final game of the weekend, Dave's Celtic, fairly comfortable at home to Hibs, as 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 we all thought it would be. I mean, Celtic, imperious, especially at home, a comfortable two 0 win. They cruised through it. I went for three one. Uh, Derek went um, for three 0 So so job done for them. They probably hardly broke sweat. No. Well, just on to kind of quick wrap up on the table. <laughs> Dave Mack still on top, four points this week, 76. Champagne on ice. Myself, myself on, in second, three points this week, on takes me to 72. Oh, thrilling. Two points for Andrews on 70. 
Two for Mike's on 61. Two for yourself, Derek. I'll take that, I'll take that. Red Army 56 and Dave, five points top scoring this week. Bits. Comebacks on 54, back in touch now. All right, so I'm still bottom then. Still bottom, All still right. bottom, but you're, in, you're, you're, you're no longer cut adrift, I think, if you've caught back up this week. So it's it's not hashtag Galloway must go this week then. Oh, it still is. All right, I'm I'm, I'm still I'm still campaigning <laughs> I'm, for that I'm, one. I'm getting sacked. <laughs> I've finished bottom. Derek, I'll get relegated and get sacked. That's what happens. It is on, on just on, on on social media hashtag Galloway out. <laughs> we can get that going. That's not a problem. Oh god. <laughs> <laughs> oh. So Dave, let's say loads to cover this week, and you were at the <clears throat> AGM last night. Yeah, it was great to see Dave Cormack officially. Uh, installed as Aberdeen chairman, had a good chat with him afterwards, and he said it's it's an honour and a privilege to officially take over the reins. We announced it um, obviously a few weeks ago, but it's not until you get in front of the shareholders and um, go through that process that it really dawns on you. But look, for me, the club's been on a 116-year journey so far, and it's... It's about all of us doing our bit. It's not about one individual person because what we have to do is lay the foundations for the next 100 years and we've started that clearly with the training facility, Cormac Park. Every club, one way or the other, there are very few clubs out there are not selling clubs. I think what matters is that we've just spent £13 million investing in a youth academy, 750000 a year additional income. What's the point in investing if that we can't build up a conveyor belt of young players that come through and at the right time, and when we want to do it, monetizing the value and bringing other players through? Right now, we're spending more money than we're bringing in, about a million a year. And we're doing that on the basis that we do that every year, right? At some stage, we need to sell a player over a period of time that brings in income. Well, there are exciting times ahead. As uh, obviously the, the the opening of the the training ground has been been fantastic, um, like you said, there was spent the, the guts of thirteen million pounds to to get where we are, uh, and it is it's, it's a great place. It's it's fantastic, especially for us at the the academy side of things. Uh, obviously, trying to get the kids from under tens up to the 16s, 17s, uh, trying to get it into them and drilled into them what you need to beat you. Get yourself over to the other side of the, the training ground, and which is with the first team, the reserves. But, um, so to have the facilities that we do, um, everything on site, um, is it can only it can only help. Um, I was speaking to one of the dads actually a few weeks ago when the training ground opened, and he said, "Oh, everything's fantastic. It must be amazing fees, and this is exactly what's needed." And I'm going, "Ah, it's good." I says, "But whether you've got thirty million pound training ground or still training it." Um, the ash at the front of the Putaudry we need kids in that want to play football I don't need kids coming that get coached off of us for an hour and a half two hours and then they disappear and forget about football there's masses of kids out there that don't watch football anymore They're, they, they leave the training ground and they disappear back to the house and Fortnite goes on something else goes on anything else apart from games of football Um so we need kids coming, yep, it's our side, it has to get them playing right good football, get it into their head, everything they need to know, set them up, but the, the attitude needs to change massively, I think. Um, and that goes, I mean, I've got a son myself, he's nine, and I'm trying to 
as you can imagine, he's got a bit of football in his family between the, the two of us. Um, so trying to turn him into a footballer, it's, um, does he love football? Not at the moment. Does he love anything else apart from football? Probably. Um, he goes away and plays. You know, maybe Newton Hill Boys Club, and he, he, he enjoys that. But as soon as it's finished, that's it seems to be finished, and that seems to be the same all around. Um, I'll tell a story for two years ago when myself and Scott Anderson were coaching under 16, 17s at a time, and it was a I think it was a Tuesday night, and. I stopped training, I was training at Sports Village and I stopped training about 15 minutes early because Aberdeen were playing Rangers at Pataudry and it was a decent big game, I can't remember what it was in, obviously it must have been a cup game and uh, says to the boys, right, that's us finished, training's finished um, they're all moaning, I says look, I'm guessing a lot of you will be going to the game anyway uh, and half the boys never knew Aberdeen were playing, Celt- uh, playing Rangers that <laughs> night Goodness me and that was that was my boys. That was my Aberdeen boys. Don't get me wrong. I'm not expecting everybody up here to be supporting Aberdeen and all the rest of it. But half of them never even knew there was a game on. And that and I was like, I, c- I couldn't register it. I'm just looking, going, you don't know your team's playing. They're playing Rangers. It's one of the biggest games. Half the boys had no clue. It's a weird, a massive game. So that annoyed the life of me, as you can imagine, and it stuck with me that the boys, like I said, that's the thing when I'm talking about is. They don't love football. They don't. It's no life or death in them. No, but that's, I, that's a, and you know what I mean. I, I don't mean that as in the world needs to revolve around Aberdeen or whoever the hell you support. Um, but if it's something that you want to go and do, if you want to go and be a footballer or a, I don't know, gymnast or anything, rugby player, it's, you need to fling everything at it. You need to know what's going on. You need to be watching it constantly. You need to know what's folk in your position are doing. Especially if it's a team you support and you don't know what's going on <laughs> in a massive game, especially a Rangers game. Mm-hmm. Um, so that kind of thing, that, that's what I'm getting at. That's, there's a big difference nowadays for how kids are looking at things and just maybe expecting things to happen where you maybe need to put a bit more in. And it might not be training, it might be sitting watching football on the TV. Because uh, I know I did, just constantly. Myself and my brother just watched. If there was a game on anywhere, we'd watch it. And you don't actually realise, but you're you're taking so much in. Yeah, we're just watch, watching. Can kind of just, just just watching football in that sense. Just watching. I mean, if you sit and watch something long enough, or sit next to somebody long enough and watch football, something's going to stick in your head. But like I said, it was for that to happen to me, and half my team never knew that. Mm. And this is might sound bad. I'm having a go at them here, but this is what I'm trying to get at. I mean, we're, we're, we're spending all this money, and that will be great for us, but. The kids need to want it. That's it. As a, as a coach, as a coach, you can give them all the technical information you want. You, you can't really teach them to love the game, can no, you? No, you can't. No, that's that's, that's what I'm saying. Uh, so for me, at that age, this is boys that I've got. This is the next step as Aberdeen's full time setup, um, and half of them never knew what was going on. And I'm thinking to myself, how 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 are you managing to? not have that in your head that, and then your next step from leaving us we're trying our best to get you full time football that's all we want to do is push these boys onto full time football and half of them never knew how they were playing that's incredible Dave <coughs> no that is amazing hopefully 
the magnificent facilities at Cormac Park, Derek, can can kind of change that mindset. Yeah, it's, like I said, it's the, the good thing about it is everything's there now. They can the boys, especially from the academy side of things. They can see the first team. They see the man, the managers, which has been fantastic. You can see them already. I mean, the manager's been. He was probably been at three or four hour training sessions. Yeah, he, he wasn't there for the full time, but he was at the session. He could see what's going on. Um, he's talking away to myself, uh, asking about players because he'd seen. I'm, I'm doing the sixteens, and he'd seen a couple of them playing with the eighteens. So he, he could put a. Not mean a face to the name now. Instead of just seeing it on a wee video. Um, he could wander over to the younger pitch where the 12s, 13s are, are there. So you can imagine their eyes lighting up when they see the manager appearing across the pitch. Um, so already it's things like that. It's just, like you said, it's hopefully getting into their head that the manager's there or the first team boys might be there. They're, they're maybe staying back and watching. And so it's a, it's a, it's a massive plus. Massive. Yeah. And like, but like uh, Chairman says, this, this 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 training facility has to be has to be paid for, so no no pressure to produce a couple that we've got to sell on. <laughs> I, I was just thinking that in my head there that I'm about to start <laughs> getting the finger out and getting some players sold. <laughs> <laughs> but and we, uh, we've got to have a word, Dave, on Stuart Milne. Yes, um, a great servant to the club um, over over twenty years in the hot seat. He felt it was now time to hand the reins over and it was it was great to see uh, all the all the AGMs that I've been to over the years this was the biggest crowd by some distance that I'd seen there place was absolutely packed and Stuart Milne at the end or towards the end got a standing ovation and and I think that was you know very well deserved he was a little bit emotional Uh, during the evening you could clearly see what the club means to him but he says Dave Cormack has got a solid base now to build on I think we've got ourselves in a reasonably good place uh, the one thing I've learned about football is that n- never kid you- yourself but you're in a great place because football can change just so so quickly but I think we've we've given ourselves a very good platform uh, I think we've got fairly clear plans uh, what we want to see the next stage is a development for the club being and we've got a lot of very good people around the club that are going to help us deliver that next phase and I think under Dave's leadership with the platform we've got what Derek's done in terms of developing real strength in the football operation we add into the mix the new relationship with Atlanta United then I, I think we're in as good a position as any other club to go forward over the next period well, I think, like we said, we kind of covered it when, when the announcement was made. Um, Stuart has had his critics in his time at the club, but if you look at where the club was when he took over and where it is, he's definitely leaving it in a better position than he found it. Yeah, I, I think what some of the critics maybe forget is that had he walked away when the club was £14, £15 million pounds in debt, there's no doubt in my mind it would have gone into administration. No doubt at all. Derek, uh, sorry, <laughs> Derek, um, <laughs> Stuart was... Um, the guarantor for the debts. He underwrote all the debts and he also was instrumental in leading the club away from debt and having the club to be debt-free. Yet, he was in charge when, at a time when Aberdeen, like many other clubs, were chasing the dream and doing what the old firm had started and trying to follow in their footsteps by, you know, spending beyond their means. But 
it's it's how you kind of rectify things afterwards. And I thought that you know he he did a great job in steadying the ship again. And as we've just mentioned, he's left Dave Cormack a really good platform to, to build on for what I'm sure will be an exciting future. Yes. So I think that wraps up AGM. No massive uh, headlines as was suggested on Twitter yesterday. Yeah, no, well, I, no I, shock I, announcements. I was looking at the message boards, and you know there were uh, people posting up lines um, during the day along the lines of, uh, "Oh yeah, there's going to be a huge bombshell tonight," and let somebody put up, "There's going to be a massive bombshell at the AGM." Put it this way: somebody's going to be very happy. I've no idea what that meant, but I took that with a big, big handful of salt. And sure enough, nothing out of the ordinary did happen. So I don't know where these guys. Come from, do they just make it up? You know, it's people just wing it. It's social media, isn't it? Yeah, that's what you get. You know, I think the, the one that seemed to be touted about was when Cormac was first announced taking over. Was that oh, we're going to redevelop Potaudry? And I, I never saw that because in my mind, Cormac's been one of the ones that he, he's right behind the new stadium. He's. I, I think he came out and said it himself. It's the club need to be making money, and if they redevelop Potaudry in his own words, they would just be doing it for the sake of it. But they couldn't make the money back the way they could if they just go and build a new one, obviously, next to Comac Park. So it makes common sense if the club want to keep going forward the way they are, if he thinks there's ways that they could start making all sorts of millions away from the football side of it by having the stadium where it is, um, then it's it's the way forward. We're not the first club that's uplifting and moving somewhere else to better things. Um and for what I'm, I've, I've seen in pictures and all the rest of the, the new stadium, if it does get the go-ahead, hopefully soon enough, it looks incredible. It looks looks brilliant. So, And it'll get us away for the Seagulls, surely. <laughs> well, you would hope so, wouldn't you? You would hope so. I don't but, know, maybe um, they come as a package. <laughs> maybe, maybe, maybe on match day uh, they would soon suss out, oh, that's where all all the nice food is on, on a Saturday afternoon. So We, we can't have an unemployed hawk. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, what's happened to the hog at Pataudry, by the way? Is it still there? Um, it was still there, certainly. It was one of the European games Probably this season. With the seagulls. No, one of the European games this season, it got a seagull. A big mob I don't of seagulls. I don't, I, don't know if, I don't know if anybody else spotted this, but when, <laughs> I, was right. up, when I was up I was up in the, the South Stand ah. Gantry, and you just saw a seagull fall onto the track, main stand side. <laughs> The entire the guy who came down with a hawk and finished it off at the side of the pitch. <laughs> really? And there was for the for the entire game there was just feathers over that side of the pitch just beside the dugout. I don't know. <laughs> so it was intercepted. And we yeah, yeah I, I was standing with um, Jason uh, James sorry one of the video guys from the club who stands next to up in the gantry, and we're both looking and went what happened there? And it took us a minute to realise no that. The, the hawk had actually caught one of the seagulls and yeah. the, the seagull just came down and landed on the track. Yeah, wow. Doing his Made job. Stand side. Doing his job. Well, you know, we should put the video out just to say, look, this this is what happens, seagulls, if you're watching. <laughs> Don't be following us to yes. call Mark Park. Exactly. Exactly. Got to nip this in the bud. <laughs> no, I think this brings us a nice... Obviously, lots and lots of changes. Big changes from your time at the club. Oh, there's, there's huge. I've, I've mentioned this a lot of times is lately is when I say I, I signed full time in nineteen ninety six and one of the things that gets said to my mum and dad and Dan as well when he signed the year before was looking to have a training base and somewhere that's just theirs and 
<laughs> the rest of it. All that time ago. <laughs> 20, 23 years ago. <laughs> we've, got, we've now got something to look forward to every every week. Unfortunately, now I'm not one of the young boys. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to help them on their coaching journey. Um, but it's, it's great. It can only be good. And I mean, I'm, I'm sick of, like you're saying, hearing people moan about things, hearing people moan about Derek McInnes. And yeah, he's got some things wrong here and there signings don't always work out but I mean look at the guys he's lost at the guys he's brought in and made better players and folk in England just come in and take them off us uh, and it, it, it must be tough for him every uh, every week at the moment just try to put a team out that's going to be solid enough to go on and, and get performances but the guys that are injured are slowly coming back um, so on the football side of things that's looking a bit better um, and the playing side of things, sorry. The new training ground is amazing. Can't ask for any more changes in the background. I mean, Stuart Malm was in for many, many years, and like Dave said, he's, he's done a fantastic job. He's, I think maybe because he did stay quiet at times, and I know for a fact that he put a hell of a lot more money to the club than probably most yeah. folk know. Yeah. Um, and it's money that. He, he didn't have to, but like you said, they've said it's uh, it's money that kept the club afloat at times that nobody knew they were struggling. Like you said, there's maybe times where they've tried to kick on and spend a bit of money on players. Um, at one point, we brought in a lot of foreign boys when I was there, giving them hell of a good contracts, um, and that never seemed to work. So there was a lot of debt there as well. Um, so Stuart's definitely can. Leave here with his head held higher, or Mr Chairman as I'll call him before he goes. Because um, it, it was always great with me, he was always asking how things got on, um, how things were, how the family was. Um, just such a nice guy. Uh, well, Mrs started the season barbecues. Um, they were always fantastic. After every home game, Oh yes. the start of every season, they would have a barbecue. He's ridiculously massive, fancy house. It took you a fortnight to get up the driveway. Um, and just not being hospitality there was, was absolutely ridiculous um, but like I said he's just a nice guy and he didn't care if what anybody thought I mean, he, he tried his best for Aberdeen Football Club and they get a bit of abuse for it at times but like I said anybody that knows him and knows what he did for the club um, and I'd like to think most of the fans now do realise uh, what a massive person he's been for the club over the over the whole and it'll be it'll be it'll be a loss but he's he's leaving like I said with the, the club in a fantastic state uh, and like I said we can we can only look look up the way now there's supposedly meant to be some money there but um we'll, we'll wait and see but I think that's what Dave Cormack the new chairman wants and the rest of the the board's wanting us to be financially stable and then we take it from there and hopefully there's a bit of money there for the manager to spend in January and get a few reinforcements like I said he's brought in players there that haven't really kicked off but he can't be he can't, the manager yeah. can't be not being blamed for, for injuries folk coming back and then getting re-injured and getting back and um, playing a couple of games and then they're back injured again it's, it's it's not ideal but that's just football for you and it just gets pointed at the, the manager to go oh that's your fault you signed them and you're going well not really looking at somebody and going you're going to be injured a lot I'm going to sign you Are you you're looking at these guys thinking they're fantastic players and 
that want to get them in. And that's what he's done. They've, they're in at the football club, but if we can just get them fitting in on the pitch, we'd be, be over the moon. And look, and see if, see if we do lose a couple of guys in January. If McKenna goes for a few millions, Big Sam goes for however much. That's a hell of a lot of money for us. And I'd like to think if that did happen, then the club would turn around and go, keep that. Go and see what we can get for that. We can maybe get two, three bigger players yeah. uh, for that sort of cash. And that's how football works. You just kind of build on these things and you, you hope you do. If you get the money, you spend it wisely and get in a few players that can cover a few positions. Yeah, well, that's it. And I think that, that kind of leads us on nicely to, I think you mentioned there, there were there were, there were quite a few different kind of types of player in during your time at the at, at the club. Are there, are there any standout kind of good good, and different or slightly hopeless? Um, <laughs> slightly, slightly hopeless. Um, who did we have? I loved Big Arrow, Stavron. We're talking about strikers. Um, and I got in great with Big Arrow, Stavron, but just what, what we noticed quite early on when he'd come in, he would just kind of turn his back on the ball and just keep running and just hoped the ball would come in over somebody's head and he would be running into corners and the ball wouldn't be there, he would just still be running though. The, <laughs> somebody's maybe turned out and we've got the ball across the other side of the park and we're, we're playing up the other side and Arrows just took off. But what Ebbs Govdal had says to him was that any time you see somebody, just you go. Somebody's going to set up the ball and stick it over the top. Just you run, just you run, and that's all you need to do. Um, like I said, I was talking about obviously Sam and um, Adam, um, just being goal machines. That's what I can remember Scovdal saying about Arold was Arold always scores. He just scores. Never minded twenty time he loses the ball or it hits off him and comes back out the pitch. He'll, I mean, I might get three, get beat three one, but. Arrow scored a goal. <laughs> <laughs> he might have set up three counter attacks that they scored on, but he scored a goal, and that's what I used to hear <laughs> quite often. Was Arrow's in there scoring goals, but we used to laugh, and because I played up front of him quite a lot, or at wide, and he was up front and was just, just making runs, and the ball wasn't even there, <laughs> so he just he used to make me laugh. But one of the nicest guys you'll ever meet, um, and I think he's doing doing well now. He's, he's if I'm right, he's publishing books and um but he was always out there. It was it was um nice, different, some um but my favourite was Jesse. Jesse was my favourite player that I'd ever played with. Um as a young boy it was just watching Jesse at training and then when I get into the first team I was still in the changing in the reserve changing room and just training with these guys, just a different level. You're just, he was so quick in the ball, shifted the ball with both feet, just shot for everywhere, just skills just to get by people. Um, and he was playing with Scotland at the time, I'm sure as well. And I just thought to myself, that's you know, that's a, a proper football player there. I'm a good bit away for that. I need to keep watching this guy <laughs> and see what he's doing. Uh, like I say, that was that's when I was 17. Then, but I came back when I was 18. The next, the following year. Uh, the following summer, I was invited into the. Well, that was me into the first team changing room. As I went in, it was like on. Oh, no. I, I, I was always in there. I, I spent half my time in there. I was cleaning their boots and shifting 
wet sloggies and training gear and all the rest of it. Nice. So I was getting hit with everything. <laughs> um, so I did spend half my time in there anyway. So this was me getting the big move up. And it was like, oh no, where do you sit? And Jesse says, oh, come and sit next to me. I said, there's a space right there. I think one of the boys had left. Um, so I sat next to Jamie Buckin at the time. So it was Jamie Buckin, myself, then Jesse on my left-hand side. So as you can imagine, that was me. I couldn't have picked a better seat. And I've been sitting next to the guy who I thought was who I wanted to be. Um, don't get me wrong, he's on a, a different level, but just being a, around somebody. The way he carries himself as well, he's a nice guy. He's, he's a good friend now. Um, and... That was me, that was happy, and, and, and just, not mean he went away, and then he came back, um, which was amazing for us, can imagine, amazing for me, thinking, brilliant, Jesse's back, <laughs> um, but, no, just a, a, an all-round nice guy, and a fantastic footballer, that um, so many people can look up to, and I think he's a hero to so many Aberdeen supporters. Who who were the, the, the jokers in the dressing room, were you, were you one of them? I I was I was up there, but it wasn't it wasn't too too bad. Some people took things too far. Um, at times it was crazy. Stuff getting took outside and setting fire. Um, clothes, jackets. Um, there was. I think we once. I think it was. I'm trying to remember. I think it was myself and Dan Mackey managed to get um, the groundsman to stick somebody's shirt up in the flagpole. I think myself and Dan were. Um, we were injured so we were in the club the rest of the boys were away um, training so when we came back there's this checkered <laughs> I can't remember whose it was I'm not, I'm not too sure might have been Kevin McNaughton's he had some rascal gear he was just a young boy at the time but we had it we managed to have it flying in the wind <laughs> above the stadium um, I've seen I've seen I've seen all sorts but once oh that was another one does that's market and nowhere started filling cups up with water and putting them above doors and he had this we, mm-hmm. he, he managed to tape them all and as, as, as the doors kind of opened in the way and you stepped through the door the, like the plastic cups would come bouncing down on top of you um, so this kind of happened at a time we were only doing too well it was um, Mark McGee was a manager and my ooh, dad's nah boo you'll get a boo for me as well don't worry <laughs> Um, and he'd fill all these cups, but he'd done it in the the hall through like where everybody walks past the folk going to the canteen and everything. And he'd co- he'd got one or two of the folk that worked up the stairs, and but it, <laughs> he must have just been really bored. But he's got about five or six of these cups. But honestly, it's like a an act. But he's got all these cups up, and uh, out of nowhere, Mark McGee came up the corridor. And we're kind of lingering about this door, waiting to see if anything happens. Just trying to catch one of the staff up the stairs or one of the young boys. Yeah. But Mark McGee's just marching. He'd come out of his room and he's come marching up the corridor and he's like just smashed the door open. So you can imagine, I think it must have been, aye, about six or seven of these plastic cups filled with water, just balancing on top of each other and they've just smashed them in the back of the head. But b- before they could happen in the head, myself and Daz, we were already away. I was in the boot room. He took off up the tunnel, he's off, and it was like three or four young boys just kind of lingering about, and he just heard Mark McGee. I've, I've no swear, but that you can imagine, just, like I said, it wasn't the best timing, um, but he just blew up, and everybody was getting it, the team was nearly getting running, just, 
myself. I'm, I'm in the boot room, I'm hiding, I'm laughing my head off. It's absolutely drenched. They had to go and get new, straight in the kit man, trying to get new gear off the kit man. And then when we seen the kit man later on, um, Jim and, and Donnie, the, 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 um, they were more or less crying. Because when he'd come through the door, he's absolutely drenched, <laughs> thinking what's going on here. So Daz had it, it, it done Mark McGee um, big time with that. Um, I think Dave, if you could have picked a manager to get it, it might have been McGee. <laughs> I, I, I think I think you're probably quite right. Um, I mean, I worshipped him as a player. He's one of my favourite players of all time. A great player, but uh, an unmitigated disaster as a, as a manager. I mean. Derek, did you just not get on with him? Was there a personality clash there? We we, we never actually had, had never said any. He came in this obviously in the summer, um, and never really had any bad words. But I could just tell, like through pre-season, um, things weren't going to be be right. Um, was talking to me, but not really. It was just kind of dismissing everything. I was saying or doing just that way you get a vibe when you're talking to somebody whether they like you or not and um, excuse me um, we done, done the pre-season it was a hard pre-season I'd, I'd, I'd done all that I was I was as fit as everybody else um, but when it came to the games I was a sub and then it was you were maybe getting on for 10 minutes 15 minutes here and there um, and I just knew that we had a game against um, Peter Head and I'm, when we came back I think it was like my last we'd been away to Austria and it hadn't went well playing wise um, fitness wise training great myself back flying it was just game time and usually in pre-season everybody's trying to get as much game time as possible uh, and there was chances there for me to be playing um, and then we came back we played Peter Head and that was like well I'll be playing in that I'll get the full 90 minutes in that and I never I come on at half time but before the game he could obviously tell I was fuming and he came up to me and says oh don't worry it's just uh, I just try to sort out players here and there and I says well obviously I, I'm no one of your players I says it's you've not even looked at me we've not had any bad words we've not said anything against each other you just, you, you just know no no it's not like that I says well everybody in the full clubs had a, a proper goal pre-season instead of me Um so somebody was injured at half time, I come on at half time, eh, got forty five minutes. But I think one next game, if I'm right, was um the European qualifier. Is it all all make it beat five Sigma Olamucci, that's it, Sigma. Oh. Um so as you can imagine, I am out the window. I'm I'm no chance of anything there. Um and he it came up to me, I think it was maybe the Tuesday pulled me in the office and I goes, oh, here we go. And he says, look, I've been watching you, you've been doing really well in training. He says, it's maybe, maybe I've been a wee bit harsh at you. You've not had as, as much game time as everybody else. And I'm saying, well, I've not done anything wrong. Fitness-wise, it's been good. Must done all the fitness drills. I've been up quite high. Um, just game time, I don't I don't see what the problem is. And he's going, no, no, you're, you're maybe right. Then he says to me, um, have you ever played right back? <laughs> what? <laughs> and I'm thinking, um, where are you going with us? This was a Tuesday. The game's on the Thursday, if I'm right. Um, I'm thinking. Um, I says no. He says, do you think you could play right back? I says, well, I've more or less played everywhere else. I says, I, but I've, like I said, I've never played there before, not even in a training match. And he says, I need somebody to play right back. We're struggling for players. And I'm like, well, 
if you want me to play there, I'll go and play there. It's, I'm, I'm never going to turn anything down. Um, but for my first game, I'm, don't, don't be expecting miracles kind of thing. But if you want me to go in there and put a shift in and defend, and I'll always work 100% anyway, you know that. That's what he knows he's going to get off me. Um, so he's like, aye, good. And he says, because um, you're, you're going to be starting the right back in uh, Thursday night. So I was like, okay. So we trained the next day, had a wee session at right back. Um, the day before a game, you're not doing anything um, anyway. So it was easy enough. And then obviously we played the game the Thursday night in at the right back slot. Um, and I think we get somebody says before the game, I can remember it was clear as day, that one of the scouts, that was one of the, I don't know who said it, whether it was the manager or assistant manager, says this team are like a mid table championship side. That's the standard. Um, so needless to say, <laughs> 90 minutes later they've come flying out the track. They might have been halfway through a season or whatever, but it's still no excuse. But I mean, they've come flying out the traps, <coughs> passed us to death off the park, um, scored some really good goals. Um, I played away. I was, I wasn't amazing by any means, um, but neither was anybody else. Um, so comes in after the game, um, and he's going through everybody. He's going picking everybody one by one and then he comes to me and he says see you son you, you're going to have to find yourself a position <laughs> and I'm looking I'm thinking I'm pretty sure I'm doing you the biggest favour ever here he says <laughs> I've never played right back in my life you told me this on Tuesday we never done anything yesterday um, so this as you can imagine this stuff's going through in my head I'm, and I've just looked at him and just shook my head and went <laughs> you've got to be kidding me on here so as you can imagine from then on myself and Mr McGee, one of the, the greatest of pals. Like I said, we never ever fell out. He tried to send me out in loan a couple of times um, behind my back, which I found out and brought to his office and mentioned to him. Um, and he says, no, no, I just I'd mentioned names. I says, no, you never. I says, you, you try to force my name forward and try to get me to go and loan to teams that hadn't even been spoke about and all the rest of it but the folk had phoned me to tell me um, they obviously liked me a lot more than they liked him um, there's probably a cue for that as well actually <laughs> um, but that's just the, the kind of things that was going but the, the, the big thing it was we we got to the the end of the year or sorry in the, I was just after Christmas I'm sure and we played um, I hadn't been playing I was on the bench for 11 games I hadn't got on um, then there was a few injuries again. We were playing Rangers, and we were and I, we had played reserve games, still flying in reserve games, doing great, setting things up, scoring a couple of goals here and there. And then I was playing in the middle of the park by this point, and then in, <laughs> like I said, a couple of boys were injured, so that was me. I know where there was, like I said, with a game against Rangers so I was back in the team and I can remember to this day I was laughing I've obviously played a million games of football and he says just get yourself in there you don't need to be scared of anything and and uh, I'm looking at him going <laughs> I've played a million games of football what am I going to be scared of? It's, I mean, just get in there and just feel your way back in and he says to me you've got not maybe five this is exact words to this day. he says we five is in there he'll keep you right I had to hold Wee Fraser's hand onto the pitch because he wasn't old enough to be there himself. And I'm <laughs> laughing at him telling me Fraser will keep you right. Um, so I was just shaking my head going, oh dear. But we ended up, we, we won, 
we won one nil, I think it was. But we ended up we got Mark Kerr sent off. Um, but I ended up getting man of the match, put in the middle of the park. And for then on, right through to the end of the season, I played um, more or less every week. And uh, that was great. Finished the season really, really well, personally. After being halfway out the door, I'd finished as probably one of our best players. I came in in the summer, I had, had a wee operation just to tighten my knee up, that was fine. Back in, more or less done the full of pre-season, but we'd signed um, Paul Hartley and Johan Foley. Remember oh, yeah. Johan, yep. Oh, yeah. So, um, like I said, pre-season done well. Finished the season well last five months, did great. Back to fine pre-season, so done all the games and then it came to the, the Tuesday before the, the game in the Saturday and he pulled me into the office again. I was like, alright. And he went on to praise me and tell me how well I'd done and how the fans were always asking about me and blah, blah, blah. And this is and I'm going, oh, great, brilliant. But I always just kept my head down anyway. None of that made a difference to me. Um, it's just a case of me being fit all the time, get playing football. Um, and But then he says, oh, I'm, I'm not going to start you this season. He says, um, I've brought in Paul or I've brought in Johan, so they're going to play in the centre of midfield. Uh, instead, he, and he says, if I don't play them, I'm going to look like a bleep, we'll call it. <laughs> um, and I was like, well, what do you mean? He says, I've worked my backside off there for five, six months. Was one of our best players. You've just told me how well I done, how much an influence I was, and then I've come back pre-season, flying again, ready to go, and you've just been me again for for no apparent reason. Uh, then he re- repeated himself, "If I don't, there's the fans are going to get on my back. What's the point of spending all this money? And you don't play the two guys." I was like, "Well, what does that leave me? <laughs> oh, you'll get your chance." Um, and needless to say. I never, I never when he was still there, and um, <coughs> so it was, when he left I probably could have held the door open for him to be honest, I did, I did, I did end up back the team and playing well again believe it or not, but when he left it was probably me and you Dave that helped him pack his bags. <laughs> <laughs> oh goodness me, what what about um, dressing room or training ground bus stops, any you've Witness that spring to mind any you've been part of? Um, um, the, 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 the one that I've, I think it's got mentioned before. I, I'd mentioned it before, and then I seen Dean, Dean Windass had mentioned it on something as well. Um, I was, like I said, I was a young boy, 17 at the time, in the changing room, hoovering away, just keeping the head down, ducking from the flying socks and flying boots. And the way the changing room was set up, you could see into the um, the physio room, and I could see in John Ing- uh, Dino's lying back with his hands behind his head, in um, one of the um, benches, and out of nowhere, I just seen John Ingalls walking in and speaking to him, and I'm still kind of hoovering away with one eye in this room, one eye kind of hoovering away, and uh, all of a sudden, John Ingalls had just started. Pounding him, just punch after punch after punch, and I could just see it. Honestly, it was madness. It was just, you can, I just kind of froze. I'm thinking, what the hell is going on in here? And there's 
<laughs> flying up the walls, there's blood all over Dino. He can't move because he's got his head, his hands are kind of like locked behind his head as if he was just not been lying back. He just couldn't move. And John Ingalls being the size as he's just battering away. And like I was like, I was like, that's, it looked like a, a scene for a horror movie. Um, so again, I just, I'm just looking away, hoofing, and then I seen this happening. Madness. And Dino had been bad mouthing John Ingalls. A, the night before or something when they were out doing doing something uh, and he tried to deny it and John Ingalls um, sorted him out I mean I, I could witness this for the, for the first scene <laughs> changing room so you can imagine me the wee grass away through it to tell the rest of the boys <laughs> <laughs> you never believe what I've just seen um, but thankfully I never get sent in to clean that place up because they'd still be there than I um, <laughs> But just I that was that's probably the scariest one. Um, one of the funniest ones. And it was the same again. I was a young boy. It was when Tony Kumbari was in, and uh, something had happened with him and Dodgy. And Tony's big boy. And Dodgy's I think Dodgy's smaller than me. I'm five nine. Dodgy's probably smaller than me. But I don't know if something had happened at training and they were having a wee go at each other. And I was in the changing and moving stuff just as all the boys had come back in for training and they're putting. Their training tops down and all the rest of it. And out of nowhere, Tony's picked up the like the big plastic bin, which was full of all sorts, and he just ran halfway across the, the changing room and flung it at Dodgy. And Dodgy just, just turned his back in time and no more. This, this full plastic bin full of all sorts just came smashing across Dodgy. And uh, I'm not even sure what Tony was, was going on about. He was just shouting and swearing in French, just going bananas I just seen Dodgy disappearing through the back just the way he had a head for a couple of days because you didn't know Tony was mad it was, it was oh, I think we needed a passport check to be honest with Tony he definitely looked a lot older than, than yeah so <laughs> than he was uh, and he was quite slow but um, no I, I, once again a nice a, a lovely guy but he just he absolutely lost it massively I think I'm watching the clock here and we've been going for quite a while but just quickly before we finish up kind of I know we've gone through kind of some of the more difficult times in the game what, what would be your real highlight from your from your time at Pataudry if, if there's one that stands out for you the, 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 the big one was coming back um, I mentioned it at the time I mean I was I was playing with Partick Thistle uh, and got a phone call from um, the manager Jimmy at the time and he would, he would phone me every so often, we got on great, uh, even though I wasn't at the club, he would, he would phone every wee while just to see how I was. And I can remember sitting in the house one day and I'd, I'd, I had a pile of other teams in the Championship, I'd, I'd left Partick this and there was about three or four teams in the Championship wanting to sign me, but I was doing the same thing that everybody in that situation does and you hold off to hopefully you get the best offer and maybe a bigger club comes in. And um, So it's... Came out of nowhere, Jimmy phoned and I was speaking about him and he says, what are you doing with yourself? And I thought he was just phoning for the general chat and maybe tell me somebody else was after me or, or whatever. Uh, and we're chatting away and I say, he says, what, what's happening football-wise? I says, well, we've got three, four teams just waiting on me phoning him back and all the rest. And he's like, right, OK. He says, right, well, how do you feel about coming back to Aberdeen? And I was like, what do you mean? And he says, well... Most of my team's sorted, I've got an extra, he says, I've got one wage left. He says, I need somebody to come up that I know I can trust, well, 100%, just concentrate on football and get on with it and can play a pile of positions. 
he says, I've got your name in capital letters here. <laughs> <laughs> um, he says, what's your thoughts? And I can imagine I just burst out laughing down the phone. I goes, you've been serious? I says, because... I says, I'll start walking right now <laughs> and I'll, I'll be up there for later on the night and I'll come and sign that contract. So at this point, he's laughing. He's going, well, you, you better go and speak to the missus. I'm like, trust me, she said it's fine. <laughs> and so, but what he did say to me was, he says, obviously, the, the way yourself and Dan left, it, it was not great. And a lot of that wasn't doing to us. A lot of that was rubbish wrote in the papers before we left. That we'd said stuff or, or, or mentioned like Dunfermline were a, a bigger club and this and that what we'd said was at the time it was a, a, a better team to go and play with Aberdeen weren't in the best of positions and all the rest of it and obviously when we'd left the contracts we'd been offered were <coughs> rubbish hopeless um, to be to be perfectly honest and my, definitely the, the reason we left um, so like I said it wasn't our fault the way the reaction was um, just that's how it was portrayed um, and he says to me it's, it's, I've mentioned it to a few guys on the board and they're, they're not really happy and I was like alright I says well I've never done anything wrong to them I've never done anything wrong to the football club I said it was out with their hands with the press right and so everybody else that knows the truth knows what we're like knows what kind of guys we are what guy I am and He's like, yep, that's what I thought. He says, you don't care, do you? He says, you'll just come up anyway. I says, exactly what I'll do. He says, just give me a couple of days and I'll hopefully sort it out. So I can, as you can imagine, I'm just hanging on for a couple of days and then he phoned. He's like, right, I've spoke to you. I need to speak to you and I've told him, you're coming up, you're signing. Brilliant. So I think they had left to go to Egypt. Um, don't know if you were on that trip, Dave. Did you get yourself to? No, uh, that that was before my time. Was it? That was before um, my time. I, so they had I went there, and I'd went up the I'd went up the road to um, sign a contract uh, whilst they were away, and and that's what I done. Signed a two year deal. Uh, but what the manager did say to me was, he says, "Look, you're not going to be a definite starter. Um, when you come up, obviously you need to get get used to everything and all the rest." And I says, "That's fine. That's no problem." I says, "But I'll I promise you, I will be starting." He says, I'll get myself fit and get myself playing and all the rest of it. And he, he <laughs> his words were, were uh, brilliant, Desi. He says, that's why I beep and love you. <laughs> um, so he, he knew what he was getting. Like I said, it's just football daft. And I want to play football and I'll give it 100%. So he knew that's what was going to happen when I came up the road and I would fight for whatever position he was going to stick me in. Um, and that's what i done. I came up and... I wasn't in the team to start with, but once I did get myself in the team, I, I stayed there for most of the time. Was there, but like the, the, you'd obviously mentioned, it started that question before I went on a rant. <laughs> about the, the highlight of it is obviously through that, that we ended up in the Europa League, um, which thousands and thousands of footballers don't get to do. And I mean, I was we were everywhere. We were we played Lokomotiv Moscow at home, who were massive. We ended up. I mean, my, my, my most favourite game ever we played Atletico Madrid away from home now I, I managed to play in two cup finals with Dunfermline but it still wasn't the same as starting this game against Atletico Madrid with some of the players that they had Aguero up front with Diego Forlan um, and uh, all sorts of names flung in but it was just a fact I was just standing there at one point I've mentioned this before I think it was about halfway through the second half and the whole place was just going bananas, just nuts, the noise, the atmosphere, and most of the stadiums 
open. It's got big stands and it was an older older ground, but it was just a big open stadium. I can remember just standing there at think somebody was injured and just thinking to myself, this this time last year I was playing it was like the um the Challenge Cup or whatever. <laughs> and I can remember just sitting there saying, I'm going, I was playing the bit for the Challenge Cup last year. Look at this, this is brilliant. <laughs> this is amazing. Um and that was it, that was my that was my my favourite um moment. Well, through everything, but obviously we through we Aberdeen, but to to, to to get there and do it after not mean just a phone call for Jimmy C to say he was he was wanting me to come up and folk one really wanting me there was to kind of look back and go, Well, there you go, we did this. So we managed something um that nobody's done since. No. Um so we've always got that and yeah, I can bring that out of parties if anybody wants to go. <laughs> <laughs> I think we could sit here and talk for hours. I'll get you back on. There are there are more stories we need to get, I think, yes. Dave. Yes, we'll need to we'll need to do a follow up. But uh thank you so much for joining us. Been been absolutely brilliant. I could say unless I'm, but I am weary we're now well over the hour mark. Yes. <laughs> but also, so this let's say Dave, another week, another show done. Yes. Into every back next week. Christmas yeah. and when yeah. yeah, we will be back what, next what, week. What, what day is it? <laughs> uh, Let's do this on a well, Tuesday. I, actually, actually, I I won't be back. No, next you'll week. be on holiday. Doing this on I'm a Tuesday. Doing this on a Tuesday has. Doing this on a Tuesday has totally has totally thrown me. But you know, as always, I have been Alan Davidson, and this has been the Red Review. North Zone One Red Review.